You're listening to Oodles of Financial Advice with Jeremy Oodle. I mean, Udell. Jeremy is a certified financial planner. He's licensed in Florida to sell insurance. He has Series 7, 24, and 65 securities licenses. And he's here to give you Oodles of Financial Advice. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I appreciate every one of you who has listened all the way through to episode 15 of my Oodles of Financial Advice podcast. And I also appreciate anyone who is just clicking on this link for the first time. I hope you find it valuable. If you'd like to hear more from me, Jeremy Udell, I have a YouTube channel, Udell in a Nutshell. If you would like to see some clips of this podcast or possibly hear some other ideas for financial planning or even other things I do on that YouTube channel like movie reviews, feel free to check me out, Udell in a Nutshell. I also have a book, Retire Happily Ever After. I co-wrote that book with my dad, one of my proudest things I've ever done, and I'm really proud of that book. If you're interested in getting a copy of that book, you can reach out to me directly, jeremy at wealthenjoyment.com, or give us a call, 941-951-0443. The other day, someone asked me, Jeremy, I bought a stock a while back. I believe it was Tesla stock they were talking to me about. And they said, it's done really well for me, but with the recent market, it's come down quite a bit. And it feels like every time there's another news item about Elon Musk or Tesla or anything else, the stock reacts to it and most recently has been reacting badly. I know I have all these gains on the stock. What would you do? When should I sell? I will say we don't pick stocks in that way as a financial planning firm. We recommend an, a diversified account where you have many stocks and aren't necessarily trying to time the market for one large holding. I recently came across a very nice person who had an almost million-dollar account made up of only three stocks. That, to me, feels a little targeted, especially because that was probably 20% of her net worth. And wow, to have so much tied up in just three stocks, I was shocked to see that kind of undiversified account. But she had set it up herself, and she'd done pretty well on the stock, so I can't really fault her for the original thinking there. But when it came to that account or this person asking me about Tesla stock, the only advice I could give them was what I do for myself. And it isn't a hard and fast recommendation. It's just what I've done when I have occasionally played around in the stock market. I remember a while ago, MasterCard IPO'd. This was probably more than a decade ago. And financial stocks tend to do well. This was a credit card company. Credit cards charge a lot of interest, make big profits. It seemed like it was a solid bet to go up. And after it IPO'd, I bought it. I'm not recommending people go look for IPOs like I did there. This is just a story about what's something I did once. And I haven't done this in a long time. But I remember it went up and actually doubled in value after it IPO'd, after it debuted on the stock market, for those who don't know what an IPO is. And after it doubled in value... I sold half of my shares so that I could take my winnings off the table, so to speak, or more to the point, take my original investment that I'd put into it off the table. 
And that was similar to what I said to the person with the Tesla stock. Well, if you're not sure if you should sell, if you should sell all of it, maybe you should consider at least selling enough to get your original investment back. And that way you're just investing your winnings now and you don't have to feel bad if it ends up coming all the way back to where you bought it. I'm not sure that's the right move for everybody. And certainly in a diversified portfolio, there are a lot more factors to consider about when to sell some portion of the stock that's in a diversified portfolio. But I just wanted to share that story because people who are playing around in the stock market want my opinion on what's the right time to buy, what's the right time to sell. And like I said, we don't routinely give that type of advice. But when I personally looked at it, I thought you know what, if I'm going to buy something and it does pretty well and manages to double, what a great time to pull my money out of it that I had originally put into it. And now I've just got the remainder there to see what it does. And hopefully it'll continue to do well. And if so, maybe I can take another piece off the table and continue to play, or maybe I can just let it ride. But that's up to you. If you have any questions about your stock holdings and the ways they should be invested. Are you not diversified enough? Feel free to reach out to me. Happy to talk to you about anything going on with your investment picture or your financial plan. I haven't always made great decisions with my investments. In my first segment, I talked about the fact that when MasterCard IPO'd, debuted on the stock market. I bought it and did pretty well with it and made some solid decisions about when to sell it. There was a time when I made a really bad investment and it affected my life, and partially because I procrastinated fixing the problem. Back in 2006, I had some money burning a hole in my pocket. I'd met a really nice, beautiful girl who I wanted to marry. I was thinking about proposing. And the one thing I said I need before I move forward with the rest of my life that everyone seems to have when they really want to settle down and start is a house. I didn't know if it was going to be a long-term house, but the real estate market was doing really well, seemed like a good investment. And if I was going to get ready to settle down with this woman and show her that I was serious about a future, it seemed like a house was a smart decision. I shopped around, got myself a real estate agent, looked at a lot of houses I didn't really like, and finally found one I thought was adequate. It was in a good school district, had a nice amount of square footage, didn't seem to be too overpriced considering the market at that time. I bought it. Pretty quickly after I bought it, though, it became apparent this was not going to be a good long-term house for us. There were problems with the setup, it's amazing how when a house is staged to be sold, they can make it look like, oh, this house is great the way it is. And then when they pull out all that furniture and you actually try to live in it the way they had it staged, it's a very different scenario. Not to mention there were some problems with the roof and there were some problems with the plumbing. We had some of that polybutylene pipe that had issues it turned out this probably wasn't a great long-term house for me. In 2007, I looked at the values of the house, though, and it had increased in value. By actually 20%, it had gone up from 2006 to 2007. And even though it didn't seem like this was going to be a great long-term answer for my future wife and I, 
I said, this is no hurry. The house is doing great. Real estate continues to be an excellent investment and shoot up in value. I can take my time, maybe watch the listing, see if anything else comes up that I might like better and wait it out. You may know where this is going. The very next year, 2008, the market bottomed out. The banking crisis affected real estate and all of a sudden, the house was underwater and it stayed there for a long time. I procrastinated selling in 2007 when I could have put some money in my pocket and instead, I didn't get out of that house until 2020. That was a decade of negotiating with contractors, trying to keep the house from, as my wife would say, sinking into the ocean, and of course, stress in my married life because we were in a home that didn't make us happy. I recommend that if you know you're in a bad investment, something that is not going to work for your life long term, even if it feels like it might make you some money in the short term, quickly move along and change tack. I wish I had way back in 2007. I've had a good life overall. I can't really complain. But in this situation, I have to say, one of the biggest stressors of my early married years was that house. And I am so happy I am finally out of it. But it would have been a lot better if I'd gone out of it sooner. Every so often... A friend or family member who lives up north or out west will ask me, Jeremy, how can you live in Florida with those hot, hot summers? I couldn't stand it. I would melt. This past winter, I went to North Carolina. Not exactly the Arctic North, although we were in the mountains. But we happened to be North Carolina right around Christmas holiday, when that major Arctic blast came through. And for the first time in years, I got to experience negative 14 degree wind chills. Now, I'm pretty sure I had some days like that when I lived in Ohio when I was very young. My family moved down to Florida in 1990. I've had some times where I've gone skiing or been up north for winter type sports or whatever it might be. But this was the first time I can really remember being so cold that when I walked outside, my face hurt. And I say my face hurt because it was the only thing I had exposed. I was bundled up. I had one of those mask over the top of the head things that you can put up over your nose. I had a scarf. I had gloves. But still, whatever part of my skin was exposed to the elements actually hurt the second I walked outside because it was so cold. Now, you may say that's just the Florida in me and that thin blood. Maybe, maybe I'd get used to negative 14 degree cold. I had another experience in Florida. Another cold snap was rolling through. On the same weekend, my wife and I had decided to go snorkeling with the manatees in Crystal River. We had done that a couple times before and had some really good experiences. I highly recommend people check this out. During the Florida winters, when it's cooler, the manatees do head for the Crystal Springs area, among other places, but hundreds, sometimes thousands of manatees are in that area 
when the winter weather especially is really cool. It turned out to be a great weekend for seeing manatees because it was 30 degrees. Actually got down to 29 at one point in Crystal River. The morning we went snorkeling, we went on the early 7 a.m. trip, and it was 34 degrees when we got in the water. Now, we were wearing wetsuits, and the water was much warmer. Once we got into the water and acclimated to the water, it was actually pretty comfortable. The bad news was, at some point, we had to get out of the water, soaking wet, covered in wet suits, and had to ride the boat through the cold, windy morning back to the dock. I recommend snorkeling with the manatees, even on a very cold morning. It is a lifetime experience. But it reminded me once more that if you give me a choice between those hot, melting Florida summers, that it just is so hard to stay outside, and it is, and I sweat, and I thank God every day for air conditioning. But I'd take that any time over two, three months of sub-freezing weather, having to go out every morning to start my car, to thaw out the windshield, snow, uh, shovel the driveway, with all the snow on it. If you live up north and you love it, more power to you. As I said, I did live up north, although granted Youngstown's probably not the best experience of the north for all those Youngstown people who love it. I'm sorry if I offended you. It is a great place to be from. And I am proud to be from Ohio, but I am very happy to be living in Florida. That's all for the podcast today. I want to thank my producer, Megan Udell, who has done such an amazing job of completely taking care of this podcast. While I'm the one who records the content, she's the one who takes it from there and polishes it up, makes it that amazing finished product that you all get to listen to. And she's just a rock star. If you have any questions about your technology, She's also a superstar at that overall. I actually recommend you reaching out to us, 941-951-0443. If you just want her take on the latest technology, she's who I reach out to. If I'm looking for a new phone or some kind of streaming device or anything else I might be considering, Megan is your girl. I also want to thank everyone at Udell Associates for all of the support and all of my friends and family who have listened to this podcast and given me some great feedback. If you're looking for me elsewhere, reminder, I have the YouTube channel. You can find me on LinkedIn. We have a Facebook page. We have Instagram. And of course, I have my book. If you're interested in any of that, please feel free to reach out to me directly. Our phone number is 941-951-0443. Or you can contact me via email, jeremy at wealthenjoyment.com. I look forward to talking to you again soon when I'll have more oodles for your noodle.